Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that our Savior bled and died, that we might have life. In our place condemned, He stood. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And so, Lord, now as we look at the life of one who decided to follow Jesus and how his life was transformed, we pray that once again today we would reaffirm our decision to follow Jesus. And as you continue to do a transformative work in each of us, we say yet again, no turning back, no turning back. Speak to us through your word and by your spirit. Magnify Jesus and make us more like him. For it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. So today we're going to talk about Jesus' little brother, James. I don't think he called him Jimmy. But I had a college student come into my office about 15 years ago. And he came in. We had an appointment. I was university pastor at that time. And he sat down and he started off our appointment by saying, Pastor Jeff, how awful would it have been to have been James Christ? Now, look, I get what he was saying, but we had a a pretty big misunderstanding. Christ is not the family name, okay? So it wasn't Joseph Christ and Mary Christ and Jesus Christ and James and Jude and the others. Christ is Jesus' title. It's the Greek form Christos of the Hebrew Mashiach, which means Messiah. So when, when you talk about Jesus as the Christ, that's his title. He's the anointed one of God. He's the Messiah. But I I understood where this student was coming from. I mean, do you think it would have been tough to have been James, the little brother of Jesus? I mean, we think James is probably the oldest of the other siblings of Jesus. And so James is the oldest little brother. Jude also, who wrote a book in the Bible, James did too. Uh, But Jude was also one of Jesus' little brothers. But it had to have been hard to have been James growing up. I mean, how many of you know that at least at one point in James's life, he heard from Mary and or Joseph, why can't you be more like your big brother? You know, I mean, Jesus never sinned. And that means he never sinned even when he was a kid. Jesus was a teenager and never talked back to his mother. Talk about a miracle, right? So here's James growing up and seeing his big brother. Now, you may think, well, I'm sure that James was just full of faith from the beginning. Oh, no, 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 no. There was sibling rivalry even in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. We're going to learn today that James's journey with Jesus was not straightforward by any stretch of the imagination, but James did come to trust and follow Jesus Christ, not only as his big brother, but as his Lord and Savior. So we're going to look at several different passages today. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you're in the room, the Red Pew Bible in front of you, that is page 961. And if you're taking notes today, I want to give you this theme. James, the brother of Jesus, decided to follow Jesus, and his life was transformed. James, the brother of Jesus, decided to follow Jesus, and his life was transformed. The Apostle Paul writes in his first letter to the church at Corinth, 
beginning in verse 3 of chapter 15, saying, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve. Then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So James was going to become important within the church, and so important was James in the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he was here named as Paul shares the gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He rose from the grave according to the Scriptures. He lives today. People have seen him. He appeared to the 12. He appeared to more than 500. He appeared to James. And then we all know that while he was on the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to Paul. James had an interesting journey. Look back with me at John chapter 7, verses 2 through 5. In the Red Pew Bible, that's page 892. Let's see how James's journey with Jesus started. James chapter 7, verses 2 through 5, John writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. How about that? Not even Jesus' brothers believed in him, and while he was carrying out his earthly ministry, they mocked him, scoffed at him. Well, if you're going to be the Messiah, go, go tell the world. Not even they believed him. Mark chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 tell us that Jesus then went home, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, quote, he is out of his mind. How about that? Then when he was at home in Nazareth, Mark chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, we learn that the people said, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. Now, that may be a part of Jesus' ministry that you might have missed over the years. But just like Joseph, all the way back in Genesis, Jesus' brothers rejected him too. Jesus' sisters rejected him too at least at first. So the first point that I want to give you today is that James, the brother of Jesus, followed Jesus to a new understanding. He followed Jesus to a new understanding because something happened. Something happened that transformed James from scoffing at his brother, mocking his brother, saying about his brother, he's lost his mind, to win the church, the people of Jesus, was gathered in that upper room in Jerusalem waiting for the arrival of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. James was there. So turn with me to Acts chapter 1. That's page 909 in your Red Pew Bible. 
And I want us to see just one verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. At this point, Jesus has died on the cross. He's risen from the grave. He's been on earth 40 days. He's ascended unto heaven. And he's told his disciples to wait for the giving of the Holy Spirit. And let's just see who's there. Luke writes, as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit, and says, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. We're assuming here that this includes James and Jude and the others and the sisters too. Something happened to go from scoffing and unbelief to reverence and service even in Jerusalem, the city that 50 days previous had killed Jesus. We know that the risen Jesus appeared to James. Scholars believe that's what happened. James may have come to faith before this, but James encountered his resurrected brother. James wasn't at the cross. Jesus didn't look down from the cross and say, hey, James, take care of mama. The other brothers weren't there either. Jesus looked down from the cross, and who did he tell to take care of his mom? John, who was not his brother. The apostle John, here's your mother. Take care of her. And he did. James and Jude and the others, they weren't at the cross, but they're in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. They're waiting. Something happened. What happened? We believe that according to 1 Corinthians 15, we know that the risen Jesus appeared to James. And when you've had an encounter with the risen Jesus, listen, that's when it's on the line. You're either going to turn away from Jesus or you're going to fall on your face and follow him. Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Saul, whom we know as the Apostle Paul, who wrote a third of the New Testament, made a decision. He had an encounter with the risen Savior. He decided to follow Jesus. It took him out of luxury and into a very difficult life, even to martyrdom. But there was no turning back, no turning back. James, when he encountered the risen Jesus, something changed. He was either going to turn away from his brother fully and finally, or he was going to worship his brother as the Messiah of God. He chose to worship him as the Messiah of God. It would lead him down a path that wasn't easy. But James had made a decision because when James wrote his letter, which we have toward the back of your New Testament, he addressed himself to his letter recipients as James, the servant of God and of Jesus Christ. So he ascribed to his brother the title Christ, Messiah, anointed one of God, and he described himself as his brother's doulos. That's the word in Greek. It means bondservant or slave. So whatever sibling rivalry had been in the house, it has now been laid aside. The second point, James, the brother of Jesus, followed Jesus to a new devotion. He followed him to a new understanding, and then he followed him to a new devotion. Now watch this, Galatians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. That's page 972 if you want to turn there. The Apostle Paul is sharing his testimony in his letter to the churches of Galatia. 
And he says, then after three years in Arabia and then Damascus, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. After the giving of the Spirit at Pentecost and the establishment of the church and all those people who were baptized that day when Peter preached, the church at Jerusalem was established. And you know who was in charge of the church at Jerusalem? James. He was named and listed among the apostles. And he would be the one who would speak when Paul and Barnabas would come back from their first missionary journey and say, these Gentiles have come to faith. And the question was raised, are, do they have to be circumcised? Do they have to become Jews to then trust and follow the Jewish Messiah, Jesus? And the ruling that the church gave was actually pronounced first by James. He said that no, the Gentiles should do these things. This is from Acts chapter 15. They should uh, abstain from the things polluted by idols, abstain from sexual immorality, and abstain from what has been strangled, and abstain from blood, eating blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. So James is the one who pronounces what Gentiles, and if you're like me, you're not ethnically Jewish, so you are a Gentile. This is, this is the stipulation for us Gentiles. And James was the leader of the church at Jerusalem who made that pronouncement. He was the one to whom Paul would come back and speak. He was the one to whom Peter would send word after Peter had been miraculously released from prison. James became pretty important. So James, the brother of Jesus, your third point, followed Jesus to a new commission. And listen, when you give your life to Christ, you don't know what he's going to do with you. When James was scoffing at Jesus, I bet nobody said, well, there's the guy that'll lead Jesus' movement in Jerusalem after Jesus is gone. But that's exactly who James was. There's the guy that will write that letter that will go in the New Testament that people 2,000 years later will continue to read. Nobody said that, but Jesus knew that would happen. Listen, when you decide to follow Jesus and you give your life to him, he takes over. And he'll lead you to places you never thought you'd be. You know where I never thought I'd be? Behind the pulpit of the First Baptist Church, Bowling Green, Kentucky, on Sunday morning. Never in my wildest imagination did I believe I would be doing this. And now for nearly eight years, I've been doing this. Don't tell God what he can and can't do with you. He's in charge. You know what our job is as we trust and follow Jesus? Say, yes, Lord, whatever you want. I'm in. That's what James did. It led him to a place he never thought he'd be. I'm going to tell you where else it led him. This is not from scriptural text. This is from Josephus, the Jewish historian. This is not on par with the Bible. This is not scripture, but Josephus is a Jewish historian, and he is very trustworthy. He lived from about 37 A.D. and died in 100 A.D., and he wrote some, some very reliable history. Again, I'm not equating Josephus with the Bible in any way. But he said in his Antiquities, number 20, pages 197 through 203, he says, Festus was now dead, and Albinus was but upon the road. So he assembled the Sanhedrin of judges and brought before them the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ, whose name was James, and some others, 
or some of his companions. And when he had formed an accusation against them as breakers of the law, he delivered them to be stoned. The fourth point is that James, the brother of Jesus, followed Jesus to a new glory. What was that glory? Well, he died the death of a martyr for his big brother, whom at one point he had mocked, at whom at one point he had scoffed, in whom for a long time he disbelieved. But he came to trust and follow Jesus so much that he would lay down his very life for the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because James, the brother of Jesus, came to know and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he devoted his life to that message. It wasn't because he had a common bloodline with Jesus. It was because he had surrendered his life to Jesus Christ as Lord. And then, at the moment he took his final breath on earth, he entered glory. And that's where he is today. And if you're in Christ, one day you'll get to meet him. I hope we get to ask him all kinds of questions and hear him tell stories. I want to know all about Jesus growing up, don't you? You'll get there if you trust and follow Jesus Christ as Lord. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.